Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking Today. Craig Melanson and the voice of the Cajuns, Jay Walker. How are you today, Jay? I'm doing well. I don't know if we're going to be able to get through this without drinking. But... I know. It's kind of odd. It's, it's the middle of the day, and I have no problem with day drinking normally, but I have another appointment. And I just came from the Diamond Club, which was an excellent time. Coach Babb talked about a bunch of different things on the trip. And uh, it, 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 it's good to, to see the supporters that come out. For those that don't know, the Diamond Club helps and supports the, uh, helps the, and supports the, the baseball team. And over the last eight years, we've, we've raised over a million dollars for the ball club. So, Dang. Kind of nice. It is. You know, this year, honestly, we're down a little bit, so if you want to join, uh, it's not never too late, and we'll get your membership in for next year and get you all the perks and everything for this, the rest of this year to come. So, uh, let's talk baseball, man. Okay. Always fun to talk baseball. All right. Where do we start? I'm, I don't want to even talk about the Sun Belt. There were so many things, although I will say this. First time in a long time, I've seen all Friday night games, one-run games. You're seeing a lot of that because everybody's got a Friday night guy. And um, we've seen a, a couple of Friday night guys kind of emerge that, um, that maybe we overlooked. You know, Reed Van Scotter over at uh, Coastal Carolina, uh, Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week this week. Uh, he was the Saturday guy. He's moved into the Friday spot, and he's really solidified that uh, for the shot of clears. And... Um, but, you know, even the, the lower teams in the league, they got a guy, okay? And, you know, I still believe that one of the top two or three pitchers in this league is Hayden Arnold at Little Rock. Now, Little Rock's not very good, but Arnold's ERA is about two and a half. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about Little Rock, Texas State. Three, two game, two, one game, something like that? Yeah, three to two on Friday, and then uh, 30 to four on Saturday. But 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 Hayden Arnold, man, I'm telling you, he he when he's on the mound, Little Rock can beat anybody, and uh, and we'll get a chance to see him on the on the final weekend on that Thursday. But uh, you know, your Friday night guys, everybody's got one, and some are better than others, and sometimes the guy who whose numbers don't look to be as good, you know, steps up and has a great game. So you you always got to be ready. Let's take a look at back at this weekend. Some of the guys, uh, I mean, came through big time. Heath Hood in the outfield, throwing two out at the plate. Mm -hmm. uh, very impressive. Hit the ball. Mm -hmm. Julian Brock batted, I believe, about 480 for the weekend or something like that. Actually, I think it was over 500. Was it? Uh, okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, no, he had a great weekend. Um, I think it's 480 in like the last six games or something like that. That sounds about right. I mean, he's barreling up a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, we have, you know, Rockefort was Rockefort, you know, Robertson was Robertson. Marshock didn't hit for a very high average, but he was on base and, and he was disruptive as he always is. Connor Kimple had a huge weekend. Um, yeah, they're, they're starting to, to put it together from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, kind of like you hoped it, it would be. And they had their best hitting weekend of the year. They had 37 hits in the three-game series, uh, double-digit hits in every game. And, you know, you do that pitch and play defense, guess what happens? You win. There you go. What do we have, one error over the weekend, I believe? Well, there, there were two that were charged. One of them should have been ruled a base hit. It was it was a bad, a bad ruling. But, yeah, Jeff Wilson made one bad throw to first base. That's it. Yeah. 
That's it. It's all they have all weekend long. But at the same time, that error was a little bit beneficial to uh, Schultz. I mean, he, it kept his no-hitter going into the fifth. It, it did. It did. But there... Um, I know. No, I, I just... Or was that? Yeah. No, that no. I think that was uh, that was Friday when Tally was pitching. That, that no, okay. it was Saturday. It was the ball that was hit off of Willis. Yes. Um, which yeah, which was a tough play. I don't think. I mean, it was more of a reaction that we even were, got a glove on. We it. were shocked that it was ruled an error. Yeah. Because the home team always rules that a base hit, so we were very surprised. You brought up C.J. Willis, uh, I believe, right at four hundred, somewhere three eighty to four twenty, yep. somewhere that for the weekend too. Yeah, outstanding. No, it was great. You know, and credit Coach Deggs. You know, he found what he thought were some good matchups for for C.J. Inserted him in the lineup, and, and the kid came through. Um, and you know, the first base or, or that slot in the lineup. You know, whether Veyon is in it or Willis is in it or Brandon is in it. That slot is still kind of in flux. Everything else is pretty much decided. Um, and they, you know, they said, okay, CJ, it's your turn. They put him in the five hole. He did great. I, I, I like the move. I like the fact that Deggs, and before I even knew it happened, I'll pat myself on the bat one time. I was on Kevin Foote's show, 103.7 The Game, every Friday morning, uh, if you want to catch what I have to say. Kevin asked me about what I thought needed to change. And I thought dropping down, um, oh, shortstop. DeBarge. DeBarge. Dropping him down the line, protecting him a little bit more, and getting the guys that were getting hits, moving them up in the top of the lineup, Connor Kimball. Yeah, Kimball, um, you know, uh, I think he likes that leadoff spot. You know, they've put him out there before, and he's performed. Um, I also like the fact that they dropped Robertson into the four hole to give Rockefort a little protection. Um, you know, I, I, it, it, the moves that he made worked out, and um, you know he needed. You know, if you if you ask Matt, he probably would tell you that that maybe he should have started that lineup a week or two earlier. But the the reality is, he saw it. He made the change. It's working. It's easy to look back and say what if and what should have been and all that, but it's hard for a head coach, and he gets paid a lot more than I do, to think about those things. So, and, well, because I get paid nothing. He, you know, he get a dollar, and he's making more than me. There you go. But, no, it, it, it was fun to see. It was fun to watch. But let's talk about the pitching. Month of April, all of them hovering right around a 3 ERA for the month of April. In conference play, they they've um, those those three guys. You know that's finally been solidified. Okay, you know that it's Tally, and then it's Schultz, and then it's Wilson, and that is you know. First of all, I think it's good for those guys because it gives them time to mentally prepare, and you know it's senior, senior, senior. And the first time I brought it up to Coach Deggs, he said I didn't even think about that, but. I hadn't either, but I'm. But I thought about it, and um, one of the guys at D1 Baseball did an article on Georgia Southern and talked about their emergence as a power in this league, and he talked about the fact that you got you got a bunch of veteran guys, a bunch of senior guys, some guys that have been in the lineup for three, four years, and that means something. Well, I think it means something that you're starting three seniors, and uh, you only use five pitchers. All weekend. The guys who have been inconsistent in throwing strikes didn't pitch at all. 
because you got two complete games. Uh, you got you got Bonds and and Hammond. Hammond was superb on Friday. His last two outings, though, he's been spot on. Well, his all of a sudden he's got three more miles an hour in his fastball. You know, he was throwing around ninety. Now he's up around ninety three, and that makes a difference. And um, so you had a weekend where your pitches, your pitchers were stingy because they didn't walk people. You played great defense, and you got 37 hits. I don't care who you're playing. You do those three things, you're going to sweep. It, 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 was, it, was, it was a thing. I mean, two complete games. One almost a seven inning, but still, yeah. I, think, I think Wilson could have continued to go to uh, pitch. Well, he could have, and, but, and if it had been 11-2 to and, yeah. and not a 10-run rule, they'd probably take him out and they throw a couple other guys. But it was... Um, no, it, it, the, the, the three starters just did a, a tremendous job, I thought. I liked Coach Deggs. I believe it was either his post-game comments on Saturday evening or pre-game on Sunday uh, when, he, when he was asked about Schultz. He said, did you think about, he said, he was asked if you thought about taking him out, and his comment was? Well, he's, he, asked, uh, he, asked, he asked Seth, what's his pitch count? And Seth said, I don't know, and I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> and, and he also Diggs also made the comment of maybe in the last couple of start starts that maybe he pulled him in too soon. Yeah. And um, so, look, you know, coaches do things, and then the next time, sometimes they do them a different way because they didn't like what their first decision was. That's why you get paid for coaching. Well, love the fact that that Jacob Schultz, uh, Jeff Wilson, and Brandon Talley are pitching and pitching well. Uh, it will go a long way for this team. I know that the, the the team is inter-squatting right now because he didn't get a chance to to throw a lot of guys this weekend, which is a, a good problem, I, I think. Well, and you and you also got to go get on a plane tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, head up to App State for a series this week. But this this week has gone by really fast. It has. You know, I mean, it's you know, we got home late Sunday night. And here we're doing this on Wednesday afternoon, and this time tomorrow we'll be on a plane. Yeah. Well, I figured you were going to be a little exhausted on Monday, so I didn't want to bother. If you would, if you would have called me and said, "Hey, you want you ready to record?" We would have done it Monday night, and then yesterday just totally slipped away from me. Well, if we had done it on on Monday, probably would have drank way too much. So it's just as good that we did. Uh, well, that's never hurt anyone. Well, I mean, never hurt us. Well, fortunately. So. Um, this weekend, though, I'm not going to take a break commercial-free today, sponsored by the Diamond Club. No, they didn't pay anything. But, hey, if you get a chance or an opportunity, go to the website. You can uh, look for Cajun Baseball and join the Diamond Club. If not, drop me an email at Craig, C-R-A-I-G, at Cajun Fan, no S, C-A-J-U-N-F-A-N.com. Uh, help, help support the baseball team. Let's, let's get this team moving forward and continue to move forward. But this weekend, App State, what are we looking at? You know, Friday night guy. App State to me is the disappointment in the league this from what I was expecting. Okay. You know, last year I thought App took a couple steps forward. And and they've taken small steps forward every year under Kermit Smith. And I kind of expected them to be Maybe at the bottom of the first division, top of the second division in, in, in baseball this year. And it hasn't happened for them. 
and and the problem has been they're having trouble manufacturing runs. Now they did have a pretty good weekend uh, in Monroe, where they uh, they scored five and ten and six, I think, um, and won two out of three. And they got double-digit hits in all three games, but that was against Monroe's pitching. I only I want to say there's only been two other times that they've had double-digit hits in a conference game, and so that's been their that's been their issue. If you look at their pitching numbers, you're going to see that they're pretty high, but then if you look into it a little bit farther, you know you're going to face Tyler Tuthill. On Friday, Tuthill Hill is the guy who pitched against the Cajuns in the conference tournament, and it was a 3-2 game in the eighth inning until Ben Fitzgerald hit a grand slam home run off him. He keeps you in games. Well, his ERA is six, but then you look at his last five starts, and his ERA is about 3.3. So he's not going to be a pushover. They got a guy on Saturday, and his name escapes me. He's got a J in the middle of his name. Um, another guy who's got, you know, an ERA of about four and a half or five. And then you look at his last few starts and his ERA is right around three. They got a couple of guys in the bullpen. Eli Ellington is the veteran that they have uh, in the bullpen who's done a good job for him this year. They got one or two other guys that they, that they can depend on. Uh, they're not a great defensive team, but they're not terrible. But, but their issue has been trying to score runs. And if the Cajun pitching staff goes out and pitches like they did last weekend, then then App's going to have a tough time this weekend because Georgia State is a much better offensive team than App. Yes. And um and the Cajun pitching staff was pretty much able to to neutralize them. Um but that that's been App's issue and at the same time they're playing at home. Um, they did win a game against Georgia Southern yes. uh, in conference play, so they do have a little bit of capability. And, you know, for the, for the Cajuns, I think the starting pitching is important. But again, just like some other teams in the league, if you don't help App State by th- throwing pitches out of the strike zone and giving them free base runners, if you don't do that, then you're not going to have to score a ton of runs to beat them. The one thing that, and I won't say scares me, but the weather is not, when I looked at it two weeks ago, it, it you know, long range forecast, it was beautiful in the high 60s. Now you're looking at a chance of rain and in in some weather in the 50s. Yeah, and, and, the, and the, the, the weather, according to what I've read, is going to be kind of hit and miss. Yep. You know, a lot of times you can say, okay, it's going to rain, but it's going to rain at this time, and this is how long it's going to rain. It's not like that. It's it's you've got a 40, 50, 60% chance of rain this weekend and you never know when it's coming. I don't think you're going to get a lot of heavy rain and they do have a turf field. So I do feel confident about getting the games in. What you don't want is the thing that the coaches dread and that's starting a guy, getting four or five innings in, have a lengthy delay and then now you've burned that guy and you got to go to another guy. Um that's the thing that you don't want, and we'll see. You know, I don't think we're going to hit 60 degrees on uh, Friday, um, and then you'll hit low 60s on Saturday, mid to upper 60s on Sunday, which 
for this time of year is not terrible. Not as good as it was last weekend when the women were there and they were in the 70s every day. Yeah. Um, but I, but it's it's okay. And, you know, can't do anything about weather except yeah. deal with it. You know, um, listen to, uh, we're talking today, Craig Melanson and Jay Walker. Uh, you, you're right. The weather you can't control. Uh, you know, the, the game that they took from Georgia Southern, uh, was the wind was blowing 20 miles an hour. Yeah, I mean, you saw fly balls that started in, in, the, in the gap in, in between right and center that went foul. I mean, that's how bad the wind was blowing. So hopefully we don't, you don't have that to deal with. Um, go ahead. I well, I for folks that didn't see it, D one baseball came out with their regional projections today, and they do have the Cajuns in the field as an at-large team. I was not surprised to see that. Here's what I was surprised to see: they were not one of the last four in. Yep, they were safely in the field. That was a bit of a surprise to me. Um, you know, everybody, RPI, 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 RPI. You know, if all it was was about the RPI, we wouldn't need a selection committee. Exactly. we just take the RPI numbers and we go ahead and plug them in and that would be the end of that. There are other things that are going to get considered. And your record against the top 100 is one of those things. The Cajuns right now have 13 wins against the top 100. That's good. Um, they played the number four non-conference strength of schedule. That's good. They have um, they have been winning. They've 14 out of 19. That's good. And if you take care of your business, now you're not going to win all 12 of your remaining conference games. But you're playing App State, Little Rock, and UTA for three of your series which are series you should win, and then you have the series with Texas State. So let's say for lack of argument, say you go nine and three, okay? And I just, I just picked those numbers out. Do I think that's possible? Yes, I think it's possible they could do that. Am I counting on them doing that? No, but I think it's conceivable that they could. If you do that, you're 21 and nine in conference play and one of the best G5 conferences in America, you've won 21 games. So your RPI may take a hit over the last four weeks because you're playing some teams who are down there. But if, you, if, if you've got 13 wins and you, and you have a chance to get a couple more against top 100 teams and you win 21 conference games and finish in the top three in that league, there's a really good chance that on Memorial Day, you're going to see your name up there. So um, the only thing you can control the rest of the way are the games that, that you can win. You can't control your opponent's record or your opponent's opponent's record. All you can do is concentrate on winning your games. And if you do that, I think you're going to be all right. How surprised were you? Because I was a little shocked to see the Sunbelt Conference is the fifth strongest conference RPI RPI conference. Yeah, it you know it in the Missouri Valley, and I think Conference USA is kind of is kind of up there too. They kind of depending on what day you look at it. Um, and, and you know that that's, but part, my answer to you, Craig, is I'm not. 
I'm not that surprised. Um, Georgia Southern's better than we thought they were going to be. Texas State was a, a huge surprise. But at the same time, Coastal Carolina and South Alabama aren't as good as we thought they were going to be. So overall, no, I'm, I'm not real shocked that you're one of the best G5 conferences. By the way, did you know? You know, there are seven teams in this league that are, would be, it's a have-have-not league. Yep. Okay? App State, Little Rock, Arkansas State, UT. ULM, and UTA are the have-nots. The other seven schools are the haves. Well, one of those schools is going to have to play on Wednesday. And today, if the season ended, it would be South Alabama. That That is a scary thought because that was a team that was, I, I won't even say one game away, a couple of pitches away from a, a super regional last yeah. year. Yeah, and, and despite the fact that they lost Jeremy Lee, I mean, same thing happened to them last yep. year. Um, but they're 9-9 nine and nine in the league. Had a big win against Tulane last night. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it was, uh, I was doing a lot of, we had over here having a bourbon last night. Shocking, I know. Imagine that. But we had several of the games on and flipped around, uh, and we were looking at mainly Cajun's opponents. And except for uh, LSU, the most part people, they, yeah. they, they all won. And yeah. LSU lost to UNO of all yeah, people. Yeah. Well, that's true. And, you know, there were a couple of very impressive wins. I mean, Troy defeated Georgia Tech last night. Great win for Troy. Especially after losing two out of three at Arkansas State last weekend. Funny game, this baseball. Yep. It really is. And um, But, no, there were, now Georgia Southern lost last night to Kennesaw, but they have another chance. They have another tonight. chance. And Kennesaw is not a bad team. No, Kennesaw, Kennesaw is... A top 50 RPI team, if I remember. Yeah, they're, no, they're a team that's going to be in the NCAA tournament, I think, whether they win their conference championship or not. I yep. think I, I think that that's a team that's going to be in the field. 5-3 um, score, I believe. Yeah, I think, that, two I think that's game. right. Yeah, uh, and, but they get another shot at them tonight. Yep. But I, um, no, you know, and, and, you know, gosh, Southern Miss just keeps on rolling. How scary is Southern Miss? Let me tell you what they've got. They got a three-headed monster that takes the mound on the weekends. And something that's very unusual, the third guy's as good as the first guy. And I made the comment that we've had some really good pitching staffs, but most of our pitching staffs, we've had a great one-two punch, and then the third guy, you either weren't sure, or maybe he wasn't quite as good. I don't know that we've ever had what Southern Miss has this year. You don't think with, with Marks, Gunnar Leger, and Hogan Harris? Have, might, might they have been that good? Yeah, maybe so. Okay, but, the, but the results didn't show it. Yep. Okay? These three guys, the results are showing it. Is that because... because in what I remember from 2017 specifically is that I believe we hosted a regional that year, or was it 16? 16. 16. Uh, we weren't a very good, we, we didn't hit the ball. We but didn't I mean, know, is Southern it, Miss hitting the ball? Well, Southern Miss hits it better than that 17 team did. And at the same time, I don't know that they're any offensive juggernaut. Okay. You know, they're, but their guys, they're just hard to score runs off of. They've got a team. Team ERA under three. 
Nice. Now, the only Cajun team that I've covered that had a team ERA under three was the 2000 team, and that was until the last day when Stanford scored 19, and then it went over three, but it was under three uh, until then. And I think the amazing part of that is that's when the bats were much different. Yeah. And you could, it was gorilla ball back then. Sure. So uh, that's, that's, that's the amazing part of that. But, but that's the thing about Southern Miss, though. You know, by the time you get to day three in a regional, their arm's a lot better than your arm. Yep. And that, I, I'm going to be, um, does that mean that they're going to win a regional? No, because maybe somebody's number one beats Southern Miss's number one or, 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 or number two. But they can really pitch. And, you know, fortunately, I don't think any of those guys are going to be there next year when they join the Sun Belt. I believe uh, Coach Babb told us that is the closing weekend yeah, of is. conference play. That's it. We close the season in Hattiesburg at Pete Taylor Park next year. So, how about that? That that's uh, awesome. You heard it here first when we're talking. Yeah. So, but if you join the Diamond Club, you would have heard it before this. So, again, support the Diamond Club. Support UL baseball. Um, we were talking about Southern, but there was something that came up that I thought of, uh, but. Gosh. Oh, uh, ERAs are, are, it's not the tell-all, but it's very, I mean, it, it, it tells a lot of what what the guys are doing. So I take it they're probably feeling the ball pretty good too, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they I mean, are. I'd like to, I, that, that would be no, the that's, thing. That's a, they're a complete team, Craig. They're no, a complete team. I'd like to, I'd like to, just a comparison of run, er, runs versus unearned runs to see how that looks because... Um, I, I have to believe it's low. They're good in everything. Yep. They're good in everything. So something we talked about last week was adding stolen bases to yeah. the slug. You know, it, raising, it raises our slug 68 points, which the next closest was 42. And I think everybody else was under 40 because they're not stealing a whole lot of bases. And the only one that had a better stolen base percentage than the Cajuns was Georgia Southern, but they've only had like 25 attempts. So, you know, we saw we saw a couple of things over the weekend which I thought were pretty funny. And we alluded to them during the broadcast. There were a couple of times when Georgia State tried to steal and Julian Brock <laughs> threw the ball down to second base and as soon as he saw that that the second baseman or shortstop caught the ball, he started walking toward the dugout. That was a thing of beauty. And it also happened on a play at the plate when uh, when Heath Hood threw out a base runner at the plate. He got he got the tag and didn't even wait for the umpire to call him out. Um, now he didn't show anybody up. Okay, he didn't point at anybody. He didn't. You know, he just said, "Okay, we're done. We're done here. We're done here." I like it. Julian Brock has not only performed at the plate, but his defensive skills are a step above where they were the last couple of years. I agree with that. And and you know what he's become? He's become everybody's favorite player for the yeah. most part. Now, there might be some folks you ask, they might say Rockefeller, maybe they'll say TR. But you mentioned Julian Brock and nobody questions, okay? It's like, oh yeah, you know? 
we've missed that probably since Michael Strentz was here, that alpha male behind the plate. Yeah. That's taking control. Julian is one, though, that when you go talk to him, the first thing when you walk up to him and put your hand out to shake his hand is the biggest smile on my face. He's got that alpha male, but he's also got that, excuse my language, if you're listening, shit-eating grin oh, yeah. on his face. But, I mean, it's not, he's just hes just a happy kid. Well, you know, that's why I don't know if it's a shit-eating grin. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, I mean but. It, look, that smile is so natural. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I remember doing the preseason podcast with Coach Diggs, and I brought up Julian Brock. And he said, I tell him all the time, Julian, I wish I was as good looking as you. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure Degs' wife wants to hear that, though. Because, uh, but no. Uh, well, Jay, thank you. I know uh, you're calling the uh, softball game. Yeah. Uh, all I will tell you is that uh, please remind them to, because usually who does the softball game does not turn off the delay. And when I'm at the ballpark, I'm always texting Steve, which I feel uh, bad about. Okay. Well, we'll we'll make sure. Uh, Lynn Burton's my producer tonight. We'll make okay. sure that the that, that the delay is off. I'll I'll. Uh, I will be there with my headphones on. I always listen when I'm at a softball game. Tell Mr. Bobby hello. I I, I will. This will be. Uh, I I've, I've seen the team play one time, and it was opening day. Um, so this will be my first time seeing them since they looks like they've really got it together now. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, I, I really, really am. You know, I think uh, I think Houston is uh, a decent opponent. Um, they're, they're a top 100 RPI game, um, and they and they're playing much better than they were on the other the, earlier in the season. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the jinx. Okay. Yeah. Please. Well. Yeah. But I mean, but you know, Houston's had some really good clubs, but they've never won at Lamson Park. No. So no. we'll see. Well, you've been listening to We're Talking today. Craig Malosaw and Jay Walker, voice of the Cajuns. Jay, safe travels. Uh, Bring back three dubs, and we won't have to worry about anything. And uh, I know this time the team is flying charter, so you won't be getting back too late. Yeah, we will. Oh, you still are getting back late? Yeah, we're we're leaving late. Okay. We're leaving late. Um, But, you know, look, I love charter flights. Yeah. I love them. You, there's no, I mean, I shouldn't say there's no security because well, there you, is a little bit, you, you, depending on the. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of fewer hassles. Yes. On a charter flight. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, good deal. Like I said, today's podcast sponsored by the Diamond Club. If you want more information, please hit me up. You've heard my email address earlier. Thank you for supporting Cajun Baseball and thank you for listening. For Jay Walker, I'm Craig Malosa on We're Talking. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.